1: Is good everybody. Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero alongside Grant Cone. This is Stats and Cone. What's up, Grant? Good morning, Rob. How are you? I'm cranky today, Grant. Not gonna lie. I am not happy with what is going on with Brock Purdy and this MVP stuff. And I'm tired of reading about it on Twitter. And I it's got
2: me a little pissed off, not gonna lie. You're pissed off about an award? Yes. That's voted on by the media? Hundred percent. Okay. Well, what if he wins the MVP and the Niners don't win the Super Bowl? Will you be happy? No, of course not. What I if he won. doesn't win the MVP and he does win the Super Bowl? Will you be happy? Yes. So keep
1: it in keep it in perspective. Yeah, but it can be both. We it he can, can win the MVP and the 49ers can win. Who it. says he won't? I just feel like people are looking for reasons to try and not give him the MVP as opposed to looking for reasons to do it or judging him the same way we've judged every quarterback that's been up for MVP since the beginning of time. And yet we're not doing that all of a sudden with Brock Purdy. And I feel like it's really weird. And I don't know why.
2: I wouldn't say it's that black and white. Like I I wouldn't say like everyone's out there trying to make a case against Brock. Some people are, some people love Brock Purdy. A lot of people are trying to make the case for Brock Purdy and not just fans, but people in the media. I do think it's fair to say it's basically a two person race right now him and Dak Prescott I mean Purdy does have better numbers uh although they're similar uh, Dak Prescott has an inferior team although they're kind of close I guess and Dak has an easier schedule so I could see people make an argument one way or another but it doesn't seem like I mean like Brock's getting serious consideration and consider depending on what happens in the next four weeks like he really could win this award so I, I don't think he's like getting slept on like Trent Williams makes it seem. Trent Williams went on a whole campaign after the game <laughs> Like no one gives this guy respect, and he like who calls Brock a system quarterback now? I mean, really? I mean, it's obvious that the system helps him, um, but he can do much more than Jimmy Garoppolo could do. Like he can actually ad lib and see, like get to like his fourth read in the progression and make guys miss. And he's more than a than a. I, I don't understand. It seems like a straw man argument at this point. Everyone's giving him his flowers. Everyone. No, I even me. I disagree completely. Who uh, is it?
1: Give me a
2: name, Flowers.
1: You keep saying if he was on a different team, if so, you're not giving him his flowers. Well, I mean,
2: is he a top five quarterback in the league right now? Top five? You don't have to be in those rankings to win the MVP. That's why I, I didn't say he shouldn't win the MVP. He's having a great year, a statistically an all time great year. Give him the MVP. Why not? That is, does that make him? Does that make him a top five quarterback in the league? I, I don't know. Like I asked this question to my dad yesterday. Someone answered it with Madden. But if there was like a, a, a draft, not just for college players, but every football player in the world, pro, amateur, and a big board, was set by all teams, where would Brock be on that board? Would he be top ten?
1: No, I don't think he would no. be.
2: Someone but said in Madden, if you can, you can actually do that, and he goes consistently yeah. six or between six and eight, on Madden.
1: Okay, I mean, but. So, it- but again, those are hypothetical arguments, and I want to deal with what is actually happening. I only do hypotheticals. <laughs> Sorry, I only do 80s Joel. That's all I do. Because you've got people like Ben Solak from The Ringer, who I have so much respect for. Ben, I literally just had Ben on the show last or uh, two weeks ago to talk about the Eagles. But and I'll throw the tweet up here so that people can see it because I feel like we are digging in on Brock Purdy on a level that I have not seen. Ben tweeted, Purdy's explosive play rate is 14.5%. It's second only to 2013 Michael Vick for single-season explosive play rate since 2000. That sounds cool, right? Well, except he continued. On explosive plays, Brock is averaging 15.4 yards per air attempt. That is 683rd among 778 seasons since 2000. So now the argument against Brock is, sure, he gets a lot of explosive plays. But he's only throwing 15 air yards on those explosive plays. Like, that's where we are with the goalposts with Brock. We're digging into, even on his explosive plays, he's not throwing the ball far far enough. And that's crazy to me because I don't remember doing that for anybody else.
2: I just think Ben's trying to paint the picture of what exactly Brock Purdy is. And I think everyone understands that Brock Purdy benefits from the Yak Bros and Kyle Shanahan. And just like Joe Montana benefited from Jerry Rice and Bill Walsh and Mike Holmgren. Um, but I, th- I think people are just trying to quantify what exactly Brock Purdy does. And I think probably Ben Solak would agree that he's a really good quarterback. I don't think anyone would say that he's not a really good quarterback. So yeah, it paints the picture. The Niners have some of the best yards after the catch players in the league. The offense is designed to get them the ball quickly in space. There's nothing wrong with that because Brock has shown that he can do that and he can also push the ball down the field. So that's really a reflection of Kyle Shanahan's play calling and the talent on the offense. It's not a reflection of Brock's limitation because we've seen he doesn't have that limitation. He showed it last week. It's just painting the picture of what the offense is. I think it's fair to do. Maybe maybe if he had more space in that tweet, he would put more context.
1: You know who has the fewest throws at or behind the line of scrimmage in the NFL this year? Brock. Purdy. He has the fewest throws and he's 29th in rate of those throws, which means he has the fewest number overall. And he's throwing at or behind the line of scrimmage 29th most in the NFL. So the idea that he's just checking it down and letting these guys run is wrong. Now, when he does throw the ball short, do the 49ers get yards after catch? Yeah, but so does everybody else. And the Niners don't even lead the league in yards after catch. They're fourth.
2: Look i still don't really understand who's arguing against brock purdy's candidacy for mvp he certainly deserves it but it seems like what's complicated about this is he's his uh the person he's going against it's a two-horse race and it's him and a cowboy and i don't i mean if you've been around the country the cowboys are just talked about an inordinate amount they are the topic of conversation and dak prescott is a huge freaking star because he's the quarterback for that team so i mean that's the one thing going against Brock Purdy. like He could lose to a guy with an inferior quarterback rating just because he's a Dallas Cowboy. If Dak Prescott was doing the exact same thing with the exact same numbers on Washington, he would not be an MVP candidate. I'm telling you that right now. It's the Cowboy effect.
1: And I I don't think it's really that close. The Cowboys have played, I think, the 15th hardest schedule in the league this year. 15th. The 49ers are way higher than that. They just keep moving the goalposts on him. Steven Ruiz of the ringer is another one who I've reached out to, to try and get on the show. What does he have? Brock ranked the 20th best quarterback in the league. The the, the goalposts just keep moving on this guy. First it was Dak has more touchdowns and yards. So Dak has to be the MVP. Then when Brock caught up, now people are saying, well, the stats are too close to call. Now the stats are a wash. It's like, oh, okay. So now when all of a sudden Brock is back in that picture with some of the counting stats that people like to talk about, oh, he, that doesn't count. It's a wash.
2: And well, I
3: just,
0: I,
2: I it think. was interesting because the Eagles game, the game plan was to, in order to preserve Brock Purdy's elbow, and not get him hurt again, and not let the offensive line get dominated by the Eagles' defensive line, let's have a new offense. Took him a few series to get it down. It was not with their their normal identity, but it was a quick horizontal passing offense, and it worked. And people were like, "Yeah, okay, Purdy eviscerated the Eagles, but he didn't throw the ball down the field more than 15 yards one time. That's a limitation." When it was really like yeah, it's the limitation of the offensive line against that defensive line. It was actually like just a smart adjustment from Kyle Shanahan. And then they heard all that stuff. And then next week, Brock Purdy makes it hit a point to push the ball down the field. And it's like, it's not that I can't do this. It's right. not that I can't. It's that I don't have to. I'm not asked to. And if you try to play with me, I will. If you want to mess around and find out, you can. And I think that's what's cool about Brock Purdy. And I think that's why his MVP candidacy is getting more legitimate. Also, For a long time, it looked like it was Christian McCaffrey on this team. But now that Debo's uh, coming on strong, you you can't necessarily put it, like, on one. It's like on the Dolphins. It's clearly Tyreek Natua. Clearly Tyreek Natua. But on this team, I mean, you can't just say it's one weapon because they have a bunch. And they do have good players
1: on the 49ers, yes. But at the beginning of the year, I actually went back and looked. CBS had an article about the top wide receiver duos in the NFL. The Niners were seventh on that list. There were six teams ahead of them with better wide receiver duos. One of those, I
2: believe, was the Eagles, which, by the way, do the Eagles have good wide receivers? Yeah. Yeah, But it's not the duo, it's about your five eligible wide receivers. That's what Brock has. That's what Joe Montana had. Like, he's got, at all times, Debo, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Iuke, and either Kyle Juszczyk or Jawan Jennings. That's incredible. No team can match that. That's like having Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Brent Jones, or Tom Rathman, Roger Craig. It's on that level. It's even better than the Rams uh, 25 years ago when they had Tory, uh, Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, Asakim, because I don't remember who their tight end was. Niners have an all-pro tight end.
1: Yeah, the Rams had two Hall of Fame-wide receivers, though. Or actually, Torrey Holt, I don't know if Tory Holt's actually in yet, but he's probably- Torrey gonna...
2: so good. I, I I still feel like the best comp for Brandon Ayuk is Torrey Holt.
1: Mm, I'd have They're to go so... look
2: at that. I love I, I Tory Holt growing up. Great player.
1: That's interesting. Um, Dak Prescott's wide receivers. Are they pretty good? CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks? Uh,
2: Brandon? Brandon Cooks is um, solid. Brandon Cooks uh, has Michael more
1: thousand-yard seasons than Brandon Ayuk
2: does. For By sure. A he's, he's a little bit on the downside of his career, but he's still a good player. He's good. I'll put, he's good. Michael Gallup is good. Tony Pollard is good. Uh, Dalton Schultz is solid. he's gone. He's tight end.
1: Huh? There, he's gone now. They have another he's guy. He's gone. Person, I think they Luke Schoonmacher. Yeah, they have him too. I just the arguments don't hold up against Brock Purdy. I He's think not. the
2: real thing is Brian Schottenheimer and Mike McCarthy versus Kyle Shanahan and Lil Kubiak Jr. Like that's a big advantage for the for for Brock. But hey, Joe Montana had Bill Walsh. Patrick hey, well, Mahomes has Andy Reid. That's Brett Favre,
1: Mike Holmgren, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Pick and I'm not, it. I
2: don't remember a, a, a quarterback winning an MVP like out of sympathy because it's. Coordinator sucked, and it, I showed you. I, I I forwarded you an email, uh, the rankings for assistant coach of the year. Dak Prescott's offensive coordinator is ranked high, so I don't know that he can use that excuse. Even though Brian Schottenheimer's terrible, did you get my email? I forwarded. Uh, yeah, I'm bringing it up right now. Yeah. Just see. We can do the Newton thing first if you want to stay on topic and talk MVPs.
1: Yeah. Well, I just. By the you way, bro, which team has the fewest pass attempts in the league? the 49ers and Brock is what third in the league. That's
2: a mark against Brock. Why? You're the MVP of the league. You're the quarterback and you threw the fewest passes. Why were they working around you? If you watch the Niners, you know, the reason isn't they were working around Brock. They have all the confidence in the world in Brock, but if you're the MVP, like, shouldn't you be the driving force of the offense? Shouldn't they be not just, you know, not scared of you losing the game, but like asking you to win the game. I don't know. No, that's not like You can make time. the argument. They're kicking everybody. Last in the last. Now, Matt Ryan, when he won the Super Bowl, when he won the MVP that year with Kyle, was like very low in the, in the, in the rankings for pass attempts. But he wasn't 32nd. Might have been
1: 29th. Yeah, the Niners 30. as a team have thrown fewer passes than anybody else because they're kicking everybody's ass. And they don't need to throw at the end of the game because what Brock is doing with the throws that he does make is killing the
2: other teams. That's why they're last. I wonder if a quarterback has ever won a, uh, an MVP while on a team that's last in the league in pass attempts. That's interesting. doesn't mean he can't, but that would be new. Unprecedented. Yeah. I, I would imagine. No, Yeah, I just out of, you know, because just- usually like if you have an MVP quarterback, he's probably top five in the league in pass attempts. Cause he's the MVP. If you have an MVP running back, he's probably top five in the league in rushing attempts. Cause he's the MVP, but, and that's why some people come back to how Brock is used. How he's used. He's using an advantageous, advantageous way. Let's talk about what Cam Newton said. I mean, Cam Newton essentially made this case. He's like he's not putting the team on his back the way Cam did in 2015,
1: which he's not. Which, by the way, few quarterbacks have ever put a team on their back the way
2: Cam did. And is that requirement like when Kurt Warner won those MVPs? Again, he had great supporting cast. Joe Montana had great supporting cast. Is uh, Patrick Mahomes had great supporting cast for a while? Yeah
1: there are differences in like Lamar Jackson is another one insane. Put the team on his back. He was a unanimous MVP, the youngest yeah. uh, unanimous MVP, by the way, there are like differences in MVP years. I think this is a year where generally we have not seen like an incredible, insane quarterback year, like Patrick Mahomes throwing 50 touchdowns or anything like that. So I think that's working in Brock's favor, but I don't think I just, don't understand the hesitancy by some people and and cam's calling him a game manager or now we don't well, say game happened
2: manager. so fast, man. He just started playing a year ago and he went from being like, wow, he's a great story to wow. He blew up his arm. Like, man, I hope he comes back to wow. You know, that's a quick recovery To, He's the MVP of the league. Wow. Like it just went really, really fast. And it doesn't happen like that in the NFL very often, but every 10, 15, 20 years, it does. We remember Kurt Warner. I mean, Jeff Garcia was like this to an extent. He was freaking nobody. He was playing in the Canadian Football League, came to the 49ers like a third-string quarterback, and all of a sudden was a pro bowler. It happens every once in a while. Tony Romo was undrafted. It happens. And it takes a while to reorient your thinking to like, oh, man, this guy's going to do this every week. Like, this guy's – this is not a fluke. He's going to do this essentially every week.
1: Right. It takes a, a while to reorient yeah. your thinking. And when yeah. we think but, you, props, but if
2: you watch the Niners every week, you see that this is what Brock does every week. The only question really is if the defense isn't playing great and a couple guys are hurt and the game is close late, and he's down late. What's he going to do? But like, you know what? He's never in that situation. So we'll find out eventually. They'll find out before they have to give him an extension. But right now that we may not find out this year, which is probably a good thing for the Niners.
1: Well, and like Jason Aponte said on Tuesday on the gold standard network. The Niners are never going to be down by 21 points where you're going to say, okay, Brock, lead them back because they're just too good. That's not going to happen. But if you want comeback wins, I mean, each of the last two weeks is technically a come-from-behind win. They were down early in both of those games. So, again, we're moving the goalposts. Every
2: time he succeeds in one thing, we just push it out a little further. And then if he succeeds in that. that pretty cool on Brock's part? Like, anytime he hears the narrative, he, like, squashes it that week. It's like, okay, I can't throw deep? Got it. Cool. Oh, so was it now? Oh, I can't I can't throw d- Oh, it's my okay, it's my it's my teammates, it's my coach. Right. Okay. Now
1: air yards on explosive play. I mean, it's just absurd to even say it out loud. Let's get to some super chats. Kill a mix Brock's last name ends with DY. Who knows? He might just end up with seven Super Bowls at the end of his career. A new goat. Yes, apparently that's the secret, right? Brady Purdy. all it takes is the DY at the end of the name. Yeah. Brother MF and Bob says Montana did not have a great offense in his first two Super Bowls. He, he certainly did. didn't have some of the weapons that he had later. Like Clark. Right. Really good player. Uh, Juan mm-hmm. Torres says, honestly, I agree with Grant. I can care less about individual player awards. We need the Super Bowl. But you can have both. That's my point. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Obviously, sure. we'd all choose the Super Bowl if it was one or the other. But how about we get both? I want
2: all of it. I want all the money. Give me the I just worry from like from like the the, the team's – from a fan's perspective, yeah. But from the team's perspective, I just worry that like this is something they're getting too wrapped up in. Kind of like when they beat the Cowboys and started going on like a, a, a trash-talking spree. Okay, you've won five in a row, and now you're going on like a we-don't-get-enough-credit spree and we-need-more-accolade spree. Like, dude, just win – the Super Bowl like you haven't been able to do the last four years and stop worrying about this stuff. Stop talking about this stuff because it seems like it's beside the point and you guys have a history of getting off topic.
1: Keith Murphy, the unbeaten, says, Grant, if you're up 30, you stop throwing like Steph Curry's MVP year when he never played in the fourth quarter. That's why I think the pass attempts are down.
2: Yeah, that's a big reason.
1: Jack's fat boy 65. Dak will lose in the playoffs and Purdy will win MVP.
2: Doesn't True, really but the matter. MVP will be voted on before then.
1: Exactly, uh, Keith Murphy, the unbeaten Cam, put his team on his back in college too. Yeah, yes, he did. He a freaking monster. There's no doubt I don't about
2: understand it. how good Cam was before he got blown up.
1: Uh, Juan Torres says the reasons people don't believe Brock is elite: one, he was the last pick in the draft; two, he has so many weapons; three, Kyle Shanahan offense haters will always have an argument, and they certainly keep bringing it out. And my question to Ben Solak when I talked to him was can Brock do anything the rest of the year to change your mind on him? And he essentially said, no, which to me, that's frustrating too. So it's like, so you've just decided that this is what he is and nothing will ever change your mind. I mean, we still have, I see what he does in the playoffs. That's I, 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 he's having a great season.
2: I want to see what he does in the playoffs. So it's going to be a little different.
1: Uh, Brock was on KMBR yesterday and talked about his reaction to Everybody talking about him for MVP.
3: The first thing is like, what an honor. You know, I'm not taking anything away from that. You know, it's it's what an honor and very honored to hear that. But, you know, at the same time, I'm trying to, you know, do what I can for this team for this Sunday and for this this practice or this meeting. I'm not getting caught up in awards and stuff like that. Um, If anything, I look at it more as a team award. You know, like what I have a great surrounding cast. I got guys around me that are all making plays, a great defense, great special teams. And so, um, you know, that's a testament to the Thank team God. that I have. And so, testament. I'm taking one day at a time. And one day at, a time. Uh, at the same time, I'm honored to be able to, to hear Not those I mean. things. And it's, uh yeah, great. as a kid growing up, listening to football and stuff, I think it's pretty cool.
2: Sorry. I like that. Brock Purdy, everyone. Thank you very much. Team award. Brock, you're not helping your case, Brock. <laughs> Team award, one day at a time. Really humbled. <laughs> cool, Brock. Thanks. You can show your personality. He will eventually. He's just 23. 23-year-old football players always want to do quarterbacks, too. That's like, I got to say the right thing. I don't really care about accolades, and I'm just here to play football. Like, dude, smile.
1: And But on the field, he's not like that. On the field, he's like a different guy. On the field, he's like, I'm the man you can't yeah. stop me. He yeah. throws a touchdown. He's bring that attitude to the press conference, man. Come on. Uh, you know what? If I have to get it somewhere, I'd rather have it on the field than in the press conference. Uh, Matt McCune says, Brock's gatekeepers are out in full attack mode. By the way, thank you to Matt and all our YouTube channel members. We appreciate it. If you want to become a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis. You get membership badges. You get priority comment response. And if you want to pay an extra dollar a month, you'll get early access to 49ers and 5, which comes out every morning. So just throwing that out there. New little perk for people. If you uh, if you want to get your 49ers and five a little early, it's there for you if you want it. You know, I try to serve the people.
2: I like it. I like it.
1: Next up is Mad Gamer 4127. Brock said he's added more deep passes to his game this year and that his arm feels great. Do you think his arm has actually gotten stronger? He said it has, and he also said he talked to Nick Mullins, and Mullins told him that your arm is you're going to feel something in your arm about halfway through the year but then after that you're going to feel perfect like you're going to feel like better than ever and you're back to form and Brock said that's basically what happened that halfway through the year you know wasn't great and then since then he feels you know back to full strength and totally awesome and if you look at his passing totals it kind of reflects that a little bit
2: is it possible that he threw so many through so many picks in training camp because his arm wasn't really ready
1: I have no idea. It's possible.
2: We're out there.
1: Or maybe it just wasn't as strong as he thought it was going to be. Who knows? Who Fortunately, knows? as many have said, training camp interceptions don't count. They don't. Uh a Mig says new laptop charity love you grant. Tell your pops thanks for letting us still have BU on the channel. Mom's deck is nicer. Mom's Are you on deck. your mom's
2: deck right now? Yep, I'm on my mom's deck.
1: Oh. Well, there you go. Uh, All right, let's get to because I feel like we've talked a lot about the Brock MVP stuff and chances are it'll resurface before the end of the show. But you mentioned you got sent an email with the odds for assistant coach of the year. Yes. It's interesting because, again, like when it comes to these awards, I feel like people, we don't always apply the same standards. Case in point, top of the odds right now is Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive
3: coordinator. He has a.
1: He has a 25% chance of getting the award. Uh, Dan Quinn, (laughs) Cowboys defensive coordinator, is next at 125
2: in scoring. Why? Okay,
1: sorry. Let me go through the list, and then we could dive in. Uh, Bobby Slow, name 49er fans. No. Texans offensive coordinator is at 12.5%. And Brian Schottenheimer, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, is at (laughs) 7.7%. Your
2: thoughts? Well, the Cowboys do have the number one offense in the league, but – I, the Niners have the number one defense in the league. And if you scroll down, you'll see that Steve Wilks is like way down. the There he is at 6.2% below Todd Munkin, Brian Schottenheimer. Like what happened when Steve Wilks uh, faced Brian Schottenheimer? What happened? Mm, like The Niners destroyed him. him. Steve Wilks, I don't get it. So last year, D'Amico Ryans has this defense. They give up 17.2 points per game. He wins coordinator of the year, assistant coach of the year. D'Amico. Now Steve Wilks takes over the defense. It's better. They're giving up 15.8 points per game and he's not even top five for coordinator of the year. Cause why? Cause he had to move out of the booth. Is that all people remember? I think Steve Wilks is getting snubbed. I think he's doing a great, great job. What he did to Jalen hurts is legendary. He essentially exposed Jalen hurts in a way that the NFL couldn't do for like two and a half years. Steve Wilkes deserves more credit. I would vote for him.
1: I think you have to, if you're going to compare him to D'Amico Ryan's when D'Amico won it. And by the way, when the Niners were losing and everybody was terrified about the defense, here are the point totals that Steve Wilkes gave up 19, 22, and then 31 against Cincinnati was, was the one bad game. Other than that, 19 and 22, you would take those point totals every single week if you're the 49ers. So I agree with you. Steve Wilkes is getting the shaft, and he said it, Grant. He said, quote, I am built for this. And he's been right ever since then, because coming out of the bye week and even before the bye week, they've been great all year.
2: Great. I don't understand why D'Amico Ryans gets to be coordinator of the year with this defense, but with Steve Wilkes, it's like, ah, well, they're too talented. What? Right. I guess. I mean, yeah, they had Javon Hargrave and Chase Young, but – so that takes him out of the, that, that makes him not even top five. He's the best defense in the league by far. He smacked freaking Dallas's offense. Brian Schottenheimer, no, no, no. Ben, the guy in Detroit, he's the odds on favorite. Why? And they're
1: playing, they're playing bad lately too. I they have not that. been good. I so, agree with you. When I think you, if you can
2: bet on that, Wilkes is a good bet right now. His, his odds are low. He's probably going to win this award. Uh, give him four more weeks.
1: And you can say that, you know, the 49ers have good players on defense, and that's true. But like, he's also doing a lot with a lot. They give up the fewest points per game 15.8 points per game. So, yeah, he has good players, but that doesn't guarantee anything. Look at the Eagles' offense. They have good players everywhere Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. How's the Eagles' offense looking? Not great, right? You can't just roll these guys out there and think that you're going to do good. Like, it's more than that. You need multiple things to be true yes you need good players you also need good coaching yes Brock Purdy checks it down sometimes and gets a lot of yards after catch he also throws it deep down the field and gets a lot of air yards per attempt why do we have so much trouble with multiple things being true at the same time
2: I think Steve Wilkes is a better defensive coordinator than D'Amico Ryan's who won coordinator of the year last year Hmm. like D'Amico was really good but he couldn't contain mobile quarterbacks and he gave up a lot of long passes down the field Wilkes doesn't give up either of those yes Wilkes has fixed those issues he said he would and he did and he has a better defense he, he deserves credit man no one's talking about him people were only interested when the niners were losing then they went back to winning and it's all about kyle and brock purdy in the offense when like steve Wilkes is having an all-time great year 15 8, 15.8 points per game in the modern era that's crazy man
1: don't quote me on this, because now it's been a little while since I actually confirmed it, but I believe last year the 49ers gave up more 50-yard pass plays than any team in the league. It was an that absolute right. weakness, they were, a lot. They were um, a lot. For that defense, and they were a great defense, but that was an Achilles heel for them, and you're right. Steve Wilkes has stopped it. They gave up the fewest explosive plays in the league. Go, uh, I believe that's still I key. wonder
2: how much of that was Tylan funga. No offense. Good guy. Good player, but he like takes chances. And he has feelings a lot of times. And I wonder how often he was out of position and leaving guys out to dry. Now the Niners, I mean, they never do that anymore. Very diligent, conservative.
1: And by the way, shout out to Jair Brown, who has come in for Talanoa Hufanga and has had some growing pains, but has made a lot of impact plays and his mistakes have not hurt them at all. I give him a lot of credit because he's
2: really good. He's really good. I mean, I don't know how much uh, weight you put into PFF grades, but he has the third highest grade in their defense right now behind Bosa and Warner. He looks like a legitimate playmaker. He's got, he looks like Talanoa Hafunga, but better in every way more range, better tackler, harder hitter, better ball skills, um, just better. And the, the idea that they could play together for at least a year, pretty cool.
1: That'd be an interesting uh, secondary to see for sure. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten, says, what about Kyle Shanahan for coach of the year? has zero chance to win it. Eagle I don't see why. Because we don't give coach of the year to the, te- the best
2: doesn't team. doesn't I feel like in the NBA, they give the coach of the year, maybe I'm wrong, to the coach of the best team. Like Steve Kerr probably won coach of the year once or twice, but Kyle can't. Like He clearly has the best team in the league this year, and they're going to give it to.
1: They're going to give it to the coach that most exceeds D'Amico? our expectations. Maybe it's D'Amico Ryan. He's definitely up there. I mean, hopefully, CJ Stroud. Let
2: me look right now. Let me go on BetUS, which sponsors my channel. Shout out BetUS. Okay. Football coach of the year. Yes. Who is it? Right now, the odds on favorite is, oh, Dan Campbell and D'Amico. Yeah. D'Amico, people love D'Amico. What about Steve Wilkes? Okay. Then you got Mike McDaniel right after him. He just lost to the freaking Titans with a 14. His creeping up, though. Hold on. Plus 1,000. So, so right now, it's, D'Amico and, and Dan Campbell tied at one. Those teams are kind of trending down. Mike McDaniel at three, team trending down. Shane Steichen, who I said the Niners should hire, uh, plus 800, he's four. And then Kyle. Tied with Sean Payton, who is also doing an excellent job. So if you think Kyle's going to win, Bennett, my, now might be the time. Because yeah. I think the more he wins, the, it seems like his stock is rising and people are kind of realizing like this is the Niners' year. And for like any minor, going to win awards.
1: If you don't know, plus a thousand means bet a hundred dollars, win a thousand dollars. So that I didn't know what that means. Thank yeah, you. That's what it means. Uh, so if you think Kyle Shanahan's the guy, absolutely get your money in now. Kyle Shanahan took a third string quarterback that was the last pick in the draft that came in not halfway through the year, but you know, late in the year, won 10 straight games to get into the playoffs and didn't win coach of the year. Why? Because we don't do that. We give it to the team that exceeds our preseason expectations. So Brian Dayball won Coach of the Year last year, which is an absolute freaking joke. So Kyle's got no shot to win it this year. And he should be in the running, but he won't be.
2: I don't know. I, I wouldn't say. I, I feel like his odds have jumped a lot in the last couple of weeks. Um, I think he was at, like, plus 2,000, plus 2,500 just a couple of weeks ago. And the guys, all at the like Mike McDaniel faltering, just lost. D'Amico just lost. I don't know. It really could come down to Kyle and Sean Payton. Sean Payton doing a great job, by the way. Bill Belichick has three Coach
1: of the Year awards. I guarantee yeah. you he was the best coach in the league way more than three times. But
2: Right. And Kyle has none. He's a coordinator of the year. Beats and Meats says, In May,
1: I said Brock Purdy would have a stronger arm post-surgery, and everyone LOL. So, ha! But I also thought Bryce Young would be great. So, <laughs> all right. You know what? I appreciate you putting that, that second part in there, Beats and Meats. That's very cool. Uh, Adam says, Grant, trust me, I watch every sports show every day. Stats is right, all shows are arguing against Brock being MVP.
2: Oh, sports shows, okay, okay. But again, those sports shows cater to like the Dallas Cowboys offense, uh, audience. I'm telling you, those sports shows are crazy. I'll never forget two years ago, I was in Dallas playoff game, Niners win in Dallas. I'm in my uh hotel the next morning, waiting to leave, and I'm watching TV. And all they can talk about on ESPN is what it means for Dallas that they lost. It's like, mm-hmm. it means they're freaking done. <laughs> and the Niners are still going. Why are we talking about Dallas? And it was like, only Dallas talk. What does this mean for Dak? What does this mean for the, like, not the Niners. For, for Dallas, I couldn't believe it. But then I could.
1: And it was the same thing. Yeah, that uh, that's generally how it goes when the Cowboys lose. Because they do have a massive fan base. They generate a massive audience. But uh, I just I don't know how you look at Dak compared to Brock, and you're like, oh, yeah, Dak is clearly the MVP. It's just right, it doesn't make sense. Uh, Kill no. says, Did you guys see our long snapper Tabor Pepper after the game send a sign language to DK Metcalf, uh, number 14? F I around did. and find out. I, I did see that, that yeah. Tabor Pepper. You know what? I like it. Yeah, have
2: a little, I guess. A little smack. What's I don't know, man. Idea? Like a couple of things one, you did it in the locker room, two, you're the long snapper.
1: I mean, yeah, I could, I could see the argument, but I like that he did. I'm it. just saying, two facts. Otherwise, how about cool. Kyle Shanahan saying before the game, before the you know in the week leading up to the Seahawks game, we're going to get under DK Metcalf's skin, showing the team clips of DK freaking out in other games, and then saying extra Christmas present to whoever gets him to freak out. And by the way, the Niners did; DK was ejected at the end of the game.
2: Pretty cool. I guess they know that guy. I guess they know I he's a baby. Love it.
1: I absolutely love it. Matt McCune says uh, cornerback safety took a huge leap with Wilkes. We're getting coverage sacks now. I agree with that. There are definitely coverage sacks for sure. Gabriel says in 19, the 49ers went from the second overall pick to best team in the NFC and Harbaugh won it because they exceeded expectations. That's really, which is bogus because we're the ones that set the expectations. Like it's just a weird thing that we do with coach of the year but it's never going to change and i just i've accepted it i'm bitter about it but i've accepted it
2: yeah i wonder why kyle can't get that i mean it seems like he gets so much credit and everyone thinks he's the best but maybe secretly media people are like not yet i don't know why
1: yeah i don't know either i don't get it but here's where we are matthew sanders stats where we lead the league yards per catch fewest drops most catches over 25 yards first downs per reception most hundred yard receivers and 29th in receptions Yeah, they don't pass that much, but when they do pass, they gash people. That's been the exciting thing. Uh, I get that, that everybody else on the offense is good, and McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk and Debo and all that stuff. But, I mean, were people really singing Debo's praises coming into the season? Not really. I know I wasn't. He was coming off a really down year. And now, I mean, hell, Kyle just said after the game last week, Debo's playing his best ball. Yeah. He was a freak on Sunday, man, like it's just ridiculously good. We can't get that Debo all the time because he's not necessarily as locked in every week, but man, when you do, I mean, seven catches 149 yards, two total touchdowns in the game,
2: just unstoppable. Absolutely. And you add him and now that he's like the best weapon on the team, this team seems unstoppable. Imagine having 2021 Debo surrounded. I mean, it's just it's Unfair, no team can match this, and 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 you and like, but in the past, you gotta always be like, it doesn't matter how much talent the miners acquire, they still have Jimmy Garoppolo. Can't say that anymore.
1: That's the most exciting part. It's <laughs> yeah. no longer we're going into this game with an advantage everywhere except quarterback, now we're going into this game with an advantage everywhere, and it's freaking great, yeah, and it's freaking great, yeah. Uh, Jack wants to know why is Fred Warner not in the defensive player of the year talks? <clears throat> he is having a fantastic year and definitely a fantastic year for him. I saw a tweet from I want to say David Lombardi, who pointed out that Fred is having more turnover worthy plays this year than he's ever had in his career. I think he has seven picks and and uh forced <clears throat> fumbles or seven picks and recovered fumbles. One of those he's having a fantastic year, which, like you said earlier, is also a credit to D'Amico Ryan's, right? He's getting a level of production out of Fred that nobody else got.
2: Yeah. No doubt. Absolutely. I'm trying, to, really good. I'm trying to look up the awards really quick if I could. It does find. Seem like Everyone's trying to give uh, people credit for the Niners defense except Wilkes, which is interesting. Yeah. And again, true. I think it's like D'Amico's new. So everyone's like, Man, this guy, man, this guy's an up and coming coach. He's really good. But people think they know Wilkes. Ah, oh, he's been fired from a couple places, a little bit older. He's kind of a retread. Man, it can't be
3: him.
1: And, and we, you know what else we, He's suing the what is it, the Cardinals, right? For right for how all that whole situation went on. So maybe that's part of it too. By the way, Michael Parsons leads for defensive player of the year, at least on uh, DraftKings, minus 130. So if you don't know, minus 130 means if you want to win $100, you have to bet 130. So the sportsbook is telling you they really overwhelmingly think he's going to win it. Next on the list is Miles Garrett at plus 175. So that's a huge gap between number one and number two. Fred Warner is currently at plus 7,500. He is, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, tenth. That seems a <laughs> little low. There are nine other guys better than Fred Warner right now. I don't know if I. Well,
2: who's what was the last? Who's the last middle linebacker to win that award? Good question. I feel
1: right. like we, usually we give it to a defensive end who gets a lot of sacks.
2: Yeah, and every time, whoever gets the most sacks or someone who maybe had a lot of interceptions, one of the two.
1: Right. Yeah, Duron Bland has a good case. I mean, he's got more pick yeah. sixes this year than anybody's ever had. Uh, what was.
2: I don't see him. Yeah, he's
1: not in the top 10. Oh, no, he's yes, he is. He's fourth. He's plus 1,600 right now. Damn, that's a pretty good bet. Uh, Josh McClung says, I think Kyle Shanahan could get coach of the year if we have four guys over 1,000 yards, which, oh, by the way, they are on pace to do. McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. That right. would be a hell of a thing. I right. still don't think it'll get Kyle coach of the year because people just dismiss everything as, well, the players are great. So it's like their success just gets ignored.
2: Yeah, I mean... Bill Walsh had great players. He probably won coach of the year a few times. I don't know.
1: Kevin Dennis says, Grant, can you ask Kyle directly why on some plays Debo doesn't go 100%? Is he aware of it? I know JT O'Sullivan has pointed that out a lot on his film breakdowns that Debo is just kind of going 50% or 70%. Debo himself said on his deep touchdown, he wasn't really running hard. And then he saw Brock uh, load his arm back to throw and he got on his horse and picked up the pace. So it's, it's that a real thing. I can ask that question. I think Kyle's answer is going to be when Debo can do what Debo does. We don't care. It's really the response. I know, I'm sure Kyle no,
2: like, was interesting. Remember like last week or two weeks ago, he, he made a whole thing about McCaffrey. How, you know, the thing about McCaffrey is he's the best player I've ever seen without the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. So you could be like, Hey Kyle, a couple of weeks ago, you made the point of saying McCaffrey's like the best player you've ever seen without the ball in his hands. How is Debo without the ball in his hands? How's Debo? That's, that's a great way to say it. It's a fair question. You just, brought it up. Yep. You brought it up. I mean, we, you know where I'm going with this, but I'll just put it out like, how, how's Debo? And if he says, you know, no, he's improving, he'll probably say something like that. You know, I think he'll be honest. Kyle's rather honest.
1: I would love it. Ask it just like that. That would be. I would be really interested to hear Kyle's response. Matthew Sanders says it's December. When does Dak turn back into a pumpkin? Well, he's got a couple. So anyway. De- He's got a couple tough games coming up, Buffalo January. and Miami. Yeah. So he could win the MVP with good performances against those teams because the yeah. biggest knock against the Cowboys is they haven't played anybody good. The best teams they played have been the Niners and the Eagles. They got crushed by the Niners. The Eagles don't look nearly as good, but the Cowboys are part of the reason that we say that now because they beat the hell out of the Eagles. So if Dak has good games against Buffalo and against Miami, people are going to say, see, he is good. Here's what he did against good teams. Now he gets the award. And and Brock only has one game left really against a good team, which is uh, Baltimore on Christmas. Yep. 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 Which that's going to be a hell of a game. And it's that's great. Actually,
2: I can't wait. I wish I was this week.
1: The one advantage that Brock has is that's the day after Dak plays the Dolphins. So if everyone could be like, oh, Dak is so great. But then Brock kind of gets the last you know, chance to show everybody in prime time, which I think matters too.
2: Can we talk about what Cam Newton said about these, uh, the the MVPs and the game managers and game changers? Of course. Tell everybody for what, for anyone that doesn't know. I don't know what podcast he was on, but he was making a point that there are game changers and game managers and that Brock Tua and Dak are all game managers in Cam Newton's eyes. And the true playmaker, the true game changers are Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, um and I don't know if he named another one himself when he was 25 years old and I don't know if that's a good distinction but I understand what he's trying to say because if we remember the, the year Cam Newton won the MVP he was great he went 15 and one and he carried that team they had a good defense for sure but <laughs> I mean how many players in that office can you even remember Philly Brown Ted Gitt Jr. Uh, Jonathan Stewart uh Bozzi, Whitaker. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, it was terrible. And yet they went 15-1. and 1, So I guess that's sort of what he's talking about. And what I'm talking about, like, could Brock do that? Maybe not. Um, but only maybe certain quarterbacks could do that ever. And you don't necessarily have to. What he's saying is that Brock, is a, his job is to not win the game, is to not lose the game. They're not asking him to win the game. They're asking him to not lose the game. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. It seems like he's throwing for 368 yards and a couple touchdowns. It's more than just not throwing – picks.
1: I uh, yeah, I dis I well, first of all, I agree with Cam Newton. His MVP year, he did put the team on his back. And yeah. Brock Purdy cannot do that, but few people can. Brock uh that year, Cam Newton had 3800 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, 10 picks and also had 10 rushing touchdowns. That's and ran for over 600 yards on the ground. Like that's a rare year in the history of the NFL. But the Niners don't just go into games clutching their pearls and hoping that Brock Purdy doesn't screw it up. That is not the case at all. Brock Purdy goes into, now they don't necessarily say you have to carry us to victory, but he is not just along for the ride. He is a key part of these victories. Look at that game last week against the Seahawks. He's chucking the ball deep down the field multiple times. Three players had 40 yard catches in the game. So it's not what Cam says. And I feel like people think if it's not one, it has to be the other. And that's not
2: true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a, a bunch of different ways to to win and to be a great quarterback. And just because you don't have to be like Cam Newton, you don't have to be a guy who can run and throw and push the ball down the field 70 yards. And, you know, um, be a one man offense the way Lamar and Cam Newton were. You don't have to be a one man offense. Kaepernick was a one man offense for to a degree for a while, although he did have some weapons. But Brock, he's not that kind of guy. He's a distributor. He's a point guard. He needs good players around him, but he knows what to do with him. Some, I mean, if you if you put prime cam on this Niners team, would they be better? I don't think so, because they're not built for him. They're built for someone who can get the ball accurately, quickly to their playmakers and let them win the game. And Cam has to be the one they win. He has to be him. He can't let other people do it. He's not built like that.
1: He's always been able to carry his team to victory. So it's hard for guys to adjust to then not having to do that. And I think that's hard for a lot of people that have the kind of crazy ability that Cam had, but you said the phrase that I feel like a lot of people are saying when it comes to Brock Purdy, Cam actually said game manager, which people don't say anymore because it became a pejorative term. It became an insult. Now what they say is point guard distributor, which is what you said. That's the new game manager. And that's not what Brock Purdy is. He does that. Yes, but he also does other stuff the stuff that we traditionally favor when it comes to deciding who's a good quarterback throwing deeper down the field being accurate especially deeper
2: down the field Brock does both but we don't we don't acknowledge right but like but like that stuff is open because the Niners do such a good job of running and throwing short passes like the Niners get a lot of single high coverage and Brock can tear that apart because it's open but that wouldn't be the case if he wasn't so surgical on the short stuff. And I think that's the number one thing you got to be able to do as a quarterback on this team. And it's why Trey Lance never really got on the field. Like, yeah, Trey could push the ball down the field. Trey can do play action. But, like, are you surgical on the short stuff? Because that's what all the playmakers are built to do. If you can't get the ball to Debo Samuel near the line of scrimmage, you can't play quarterback for this team. We're paying $24 million a year. And Brock can do that very well. In addition to that, he can push the ball down the field, which makes him way better than Jimmy.
3: Well,
1: yeah, way better than Jimmy and way better than people like Cam Newton give him credit for. And I don't know if Cam is just pissed because Brock's got so many more weapons than Cam ever had. Because let's be honest, the, the Panthers were not exactly a loaded offensive team in Cam Newton's era. But he even put Dak Prescott, by the way, on the list of game managers. So he didn't, you know, he put Dak on there. He put Jared Goff on there. He put Tua on there. I mean, to me, if you look at Jared Goff and you look at Brock Purdy, if you think those guys are the same players, like, I don't know what game you're watching. It's just not true.
2: I can see the comparison from uh, Tua and Purdy though. I mean, they're different skill sets a little bit, but like they're both on with they both have really good coordinators and really good supporting casts. And are they as explosive as their numbers make them seem? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We saw Tua really struggle in his career and, before the right situation was put around him. And of course, every quarterback needs the right situation. But I think there's a world where Brock Purdy could struggle too.
1: I guess. I mean, I know people are like, look at earlier this year when he didn't have Debo Samuel. I think part of the reason they're saying that is because he lost those games. But if you look at the numbers he actually put up in the games, it's not nearly as bad as people think. Um, One of those games against Cincinnati threw for 365 yards. So, you know, and now, by the way, he did just fine without Debo Samuel last year because Debo was out for a lot of the games Brock started last year, too. So I think the argument that Brock needs everybody around him to be good doesn't hold up either.
2: Yeah. I mean, we'll find out. I, I still think that, you know, it's great that he's having a great regular season. He's going to win the MVP probably. We're, we're going to judge him and remember him this year based on what he does in the playoffs. Like Matt Ryan, 2016, right? <clears throat> great year, MVP. What do we remember about him from that year? What do we remember?
1: He lost the biggest lead in Super Bowl history.
2: That's what That's what happened. That's the story of him from 2016. So – Unfortunately, like, and, and what do we remember from Brock last year? Great season, got hurt in the NFC Championship game. So it kind of matters what happens in the last game of the season. I'm sorry. The Niners are like that. They're like the, your friend who's been playing the same video game for five years and he's stuck on the last boss. It's like, look, dude, I know you can get to the last. It's very impressive how you run through the whole game. Can you beat the boss? Can you beat Koopa Troopa? King, Donkey, whoever. And the answer is no. Maybe this year.
1: What's the last video game you played?
2: <laughs> the last. I, I played Halo in college. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, Hink Dad says, would the Niners be 10 and 3 without Brock Purdy? I would say no. 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 Bowser. Yes. Bowser is his name. Uh, official b Music says Brock is asked to be a participant. No, he's asked to do more than that. That's not true, man. He is, it's not Jimmy Garoppolo hand the ball off all game long. Throw eight passes in the NFC Championship game. It's not true. Brock is making high level throws. Go look at that deep touchdown to Debo Samuel last week. That's a really high level throw. That throw to Kittle, where Kittle gets open. Yeah, he's open. The throw is freaking on the money, layered over the linebacker and right into the soft spot. That's like the new word this year, layered. Yeah, because it's like that's what it looks like. Because when you see Dak throw a ball or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, right, they throw a lot of lasers. Brock doesn't doesn't have as strong his arm as they do, and so his throws have to go over the linebacker and land in front of the safeties, in over front the of the meadow and
2: through the woods, to but grandma's house. It goes, and he, he not, layers it to grandma's house.
1: They're not rockets, so people think they're easy throws, but they're not easy throws. But they people think they are because they're not thrown as hard as other passes.
2: Brooks says it wasn't a diss. I think he's trying to. He wasn't trying to diss Brock Purdy. He took it as a diss. He took it personally. Okay. Well, but Rob's I- related to Brock. They're cousins, distant.
1: <laughs> I that is a weird thing to put out there. Fish and Ship says secondaries are petrified with the thought of Brock Purdy. I think they are certainly more than they have been with any other 49ers quarterback in the system. That's for damn sure. By the way, shout out to Hank Dad. You, you get the fist pump, new YouTube channel member. Thank you very much. Again, less than $3 a month to become a YouTube channel member. It's a great way to support the channel. You get custom emojis, membership badges, priority comment, response. Matthew Sanders, when Brock has an opportunity, he maximizes it on and off the field, both when he throws a wide receiver open and professionally as Mr. Irrelevant. He's a competitor. Does he have a lot of endorsement deals locally? Yes. He, he does.
2: Has one, he has like this one commercial all the time it looks like it cost eight hundred dollars to make <laughs> he's at the facility lifting weights i don't know it might be a toyota commercial it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's a good start
1: we'll drive you into a touchdown
2: is it one of those no nah, it just shows him like getting to the facility first first one in okay still, like, the sun's rising and he's in like work it out before anyone else is because that's what toyota is all about or something i don't know <laughs> you know the one
1: thing about brock that i don't like have you noticed this? He ends every interview with "Go Niners." I don't no. like it because there who does go. that Wilson, remind right? you of? Right, it reminds you Russ, and I don't go like Hawks. that. Cool, go Hawks! Thanks, uh, Broncos country. That's right. Like I don't, I don't like it. Brock, got to stop doing it. travy eighty six says, "Is Wilkes gone after this year?"
2: I don't know. He's not getting the credit. A smart team would pick him up. Look at he was 6 and 6 with Carolina last year. Wow. Look at him now. It's an interesting question. And uh, god, I hope not. Can we
1: keep a defensive coordinator please for, for a couple of, I don't want to have to keep replacing this person year after year. Yeah. I think a lot depends on if they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Honestly probably. because if they win the Super Bowl, I think Lynch is gone. He's going to get a TV gig, I think. Um
2: Sweet. Actually, I disagree. If you go to the really? Super Bowl, a lot of times those coordinators don't get hired because you got to wait too long.
1: Well, yes, that is well, true. But they didn't they, they change the rule a change. little bit. Huh? They changed the rule about when you can interview guys. Oh, now, yeah, I think. So that yeah. may be mitigated a little. I'm not quite sure what it is, so I don't want to say for sure. Um, but I think, yeah, if this team wins the Super Bowl, I think Wilkes could go. I think Lynch is definitely gone. I think Trent Williams is retiring. And I don't know. I don't know what other changes we might see. But I think those three things are definitely happening if the Niners win the bowl.
2: I hear it. I I can see that. I can definitely see that. Especially
1: Trent, which really hurts because then they have two huge needs on the offensive line. True.
2: Yeah. it'd Be tough to go back to back without Trent.
1: But you know what? That's a problem I would love to have. Please bring on that issue. Oh, the 49ers, it's going to be tough for them to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Yeah, it's been 29 years since they won one. Sign me up for that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to get to before we wrap it up for today?
2: I think I'm out of topics. I got to get down to Santa Clara, talk to Kyle Shanahan, see what's up with Debo when when he doesn't have the ball. What's up?
1: What's up? I love it. I like that I get a little preview of what you're going to ask Kyle before his press conference. I always enjoy that mike baker oh sorry mike baker i didn't see it grant since you helped fix the 49ers can you run for president no thanks though president cone that's a terrifying phrase i'm not gonna lie no one wants that tom says hey grant i just landed in san francisco from australia can you pick me up from the airport i'm wearing a brock purdy jersey
2: no have a great day
1: Airport pickup is a big ask. Even to friends, that's a big ask. No, thanks. Just Tom, just have a little sign with your name on it. Grant will be buying it.
2: Not in Arizona this week anyway.
1: All right, everybody. That's going to do it for our edition of the show. Thank you so much. Please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. If you leave a review, I promise you, I will read it on the show, good, bad, or ugly. Like and subscribe to both YouTube channels, the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel and the Grant Cohen YouTube channel. It will make you a better, smarter fan. Grant enjoy the great outdoors. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. See you guys. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly.
2: From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business.
3: Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal
1: on
0: Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage